What's up, Packers fans? Aaron Negler here, ready to talk some football with Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast and purveyor of fine Packers takes all over the internet. Andy, another day, another Monday, another loss. The Packers dropping a 40-burger from the Eagles. Uh, the defense basically laying out the welcome mat for Jalen Hurts and company. I start with the defense. We usually start with the offense, but I'm starting with the defense because, holy cow, have they completely, I'm not even going to say imploded, but just lost the plot, so to speak, here these last couple weeks. I mean, last week, 10 days ago, 12 days ago, whatever it was against the Titans, obviously it was giving up things in the passing game you didn't expect them to. And then, man, last night in Philadelphia, I, did they they spent 10 days, uh, is my understanding, preparing for this, this game? And it sure didn't seem like they had watched any film on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. The uh, the opposite Bill Belichickian approach of not <laughs> taking away any right. of the opposing team's best weapons <sighs> has not wow. worked well for the Packers and company because it started in week one, right? You had all offseason to right. try to figure out a way to stop Justin Jefferson, a guy who's probably going to be a pain in your ass for the foreseeable future. Yep. And like they didn't even have like a plan A, B, C, or like there's like, ah, you know, Justin Jefferson, he can get 180 yards receiving, whatever it was. Don't need to worry about him. Right. And it's sort of been the same thing all season long where at some point you need to take away the team's best player and you, know, you need to take away in this situation, the running game, you knew what Philadelphia was going to do coming into this game. They were going to pound the football. This is basically the same team that beat you on Thursday night in the Tennessee Titans souped up on steroids a little bit, a more <laughs> mobile quarterback, a better wide receiver. I know they don't have a Derrick Henry, but they have a, like the, the Eagles four best offensive they have a line. Wave of guys the best, the four best linemen. Yes. Yeah. On the, on right. the Titans. Right. So like, but man, like I struggle to point to anything that this defense is doing well at the moment. And I was semi-sympathetic to the defense at, at times this year because the offense, right. Lord knows, put them in awful positions and was not scoring points. And the defense had to do everything they could just to stay in games. The special teams was not setting the defense up for success. It was the least complimentary football that we've ever seen. So I was like semi-sympathetic at times, not complimentary by any means, but semi-sympathetic. And then you have this game where your offense puts up 33 points, does well on offense, and they they had more rushing yards than the Packers had total yards in this game. And that's not because the offense did poorly. That's just like an insane. And at some point, you just have to take away the thing that is beating you. They are running the ball over and over. I don't care how many people you have to commit to stopping it. I don't care if you have to leave A.J. Brown one-on-one -on, -one on the sidelines. At some point, you just have to stop the thing that is causing you to die because if you don't, you will die. You and will they die. just never exactly. did that. I mean, the fact that they continually ran out there, I guess there's base nickel, right, where they have their two down linemen, they have their two outside backers. There's Kelsey yet again getting to the second level unimpeded to – basically erase your middle linebacker. I mean, the number of times we saw that, and to your point, the lack of adjustment, I mean, complete lack of adjustment was just befuddling. The fact that they kept ripping through the middle of the defense without at any point, any real concerted effort to change the outcome. As far as, I don't care if you're talking about putting another guy on the line. I don't care if you're talking about stacking the box and just getting bodies in there. I mean, they just laid out the welcome mat. And it's frustrating in the sense that if you go back and you watch the last couple of weeks, it's not like the Eagles have been firing on all cylinders no. these last couple of games that they've played. I mean, they struggled in Indianapolis 
they turned the ball over a bunch against the commanders and they didn't play well in that game either, especially on offense. And then to turn up on Sunday night in a game that you had 10 days to prepare for and see how, again, and I don't want to like, I want to, say like my knee jerk thing last night was well you know they're really missing Rashawn Gary and Devondre Campbell and that is true yep but Rashawn Gary's like big weakness is cutting inside and allowing quarterbacks to get outside and and go off to the races which we saw plenty of last night it's not like he would have nipped that in the bud no um I do think Devondre Campbell's absence really kind of struck them last night simply because clearly Quay Walker who I thought had been playing uh, better football over the course of the last three or four games. He really hit a wall last night. I mean, there were a number of opportunities for him to make a tackle, make a play, and he just did not show up. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Matt LaFleur said about over 20 missed tackles for the defense. Yes, indeed. I thought, I thought Justice Mosqueda, who always has great tweets, but I thought he had a great tweet out yesterday too of like, Matt LaFleur basically said after the Titans game, everyone's fighting for their job from here on out. And Justice said like, if this, if this is Joe Barry and his performance and his defense's performance when he's fighting for his job, like it's over. Like there's yep. nothing more that you can do. Right. And again, to, to the defense of, of Joe Barry, which nobody really wants to hear. Or nobody anyway, needs. Like, right. like, um, like, I don't know how many, when you have that many missed tackles by players who are in positions to make tackles mm. when guys aren't getting off blocks up front, like we talked about the lack of adjustments. I am not absolving Joe Barry in any way, shape or form, but like this, this is everything. And we've talked about this kind of all year, but this is execution by the players. This is your, your big time players. I mean, man, Amos looks two and a half steps lower than he did, you know, over the course of his previous game, like Jair Alexander has not played to the level that he's capable of. We can go up and down less Kenny Clark. I can't remember the last time he has made a significant play. Um, it is players. It is coaches. It is scheme. It is play calling. It is adjustments. It is all of it. And it feels very similar to 2021 special teams where you have this moment where you realize we got to burn this whole thing down and we've got to add different types of players. We got to be more physical. We got to put resources into this. We got to change coordinators. It just feels like this is the 2022 realization on defense. At least it, it should be. It almost has right. to be at this point. Uh, yeah. It does feel like the, the entirety of the defensive side of the ball is broken at this point. It does. And it's, it's fascinating that you mentioned Kenny Clark, because to me, you talk about a guy that you thought coming into this season and certainly for the first month of the season looked so, to be a key defensive player, like one guy in the you know sea of whatever the hell else was going on. There's one guy that you can hang your hat on that, you know, is going to come every week and bring it. And we've talked about here these last three or four games. He has been definitely substandard as far as the standard that he has set for himself. You know, that's not me making shit up. That's there on tape. We know what a good player he is. But man, to your point last night, he does actually get off a block at one point, has the ball carrier in his arms and just lets him go. And I understand they're paid too and they're going to make plays. But man, if that's not just indicative of where this defense is, a lack of want to, I don't know if it's a lack of desire, but the lack of playmaking from your best players is shocking. It is shocking to see that down after down after down. 
It is. You're, you're waiting for somebody to do something, to make a play, to make an impact. Hey, and shout out to Rudy Ford. I was going to say, same exact thing. I was just about to say, Rudy Ford's about the only guy that's doing it on a semi-consistent basis right now, which is just beyond crazy. Um, kudos to them for, you know, basically benching Darnell Savage and moving to Rudy Ford, the one guy that was making those plays. But man, it has been a very frustrating year all the way around, but uh, defensively and especially as of late. And again, Rashawn Gary, Injury, a lot to do with it. Devondre Campbell, certainly something to do with it. Uh, but it is far and away not just that. And it's effort, it's intensity, it's physicality, it's playmaking. It's just all lacking right now. And they've got to figure out, figure out a way to, to turn it around, specifically going into next season. What's crazy is that you look at last year and the jolt that they got from Rasul, right? Now, obviously, they were big, big-time plays, those pick sixes, back yeah. splash plays. And then you look at the contribution that Ford has made when he's been given the opportunity it's kind of Rasul light in the sense yeah. of like these are big plays and big defensive swings especially that play he made last night to get the ball out of AJ Brown's hands big swing there but it's funny to me that you know Rasul who I still think is a good football player but man he is getting taken advantage of by teams like they are going after him in a way that you know last year really didn't happen a whole lot and when it did, he kind of rose to the occasion. Man, he's having he's having all sorts of trouble. And I I don't know if it's because of how he's being deployed by Barry or whether it's a lack of, you know, leaning into his technique or what have you. But, man, teams have really started to target him, and he has not responded very well. Yeah, this is a tough week for him, for sure. He, he, he had a really nice pick against the Titans, did some nice things in that game, but that's been the exception to the rule so far this year. Obviously, he gives up the huge touch. I thought it was a beautiful throw by I Jalen mean, Hurts. I mean, at some point, they get paid, too. They get paid, too, right? But like, throw. Also, yeah. also had a holding penalty on that drive, gave up yep. the other touchdown to A.J. Brown, who's a very good receiver, one-on-one -on -one man coverage. It's no easy task. But, again, these are sort of the plays that we saw Razul hang in there and figure out a way to make a season to go similar situation. And I, uh, part of it was him starting the slot this year. And we all kind of knew, all right, this, this isn't what he's he good never, at where he never should have been. He right. never should have been, but now he's on the outside, you know, being able to play a little bit more of his bread and butter. And unfortunately it's been some of the same results as we saw in the slot. So uh, again, it's just, I, I would actually start Aaron with the defensive backfield outside of Rudy Ford for a level of disappointment on this team. Oh, yeah. I mean, when, going into the season, Jair coming back, Stokes building upon a fantastic rookie season, Razul, you know, hopefully coming back after a really impressive season at Green Bay a year ago. Amos has been nothing but consistent in Green Bay prior to this year. And Savage, while likely um, was going to be the, the weak spot, we saw in 2020, just two years ago, him play really sound football. And you were just hoping that he could get somewhere near that level. I, I legitimately thought that this could be a defensive backfield that could be one of the better position groups in football. And not only has it not been that, not only has it not been a bad defensive backer, this has been one of the worst position groups in football. And it's just so massively disappointing. Yeah. And it's shocking to me when you look at the guys that they were counting on, whether it's Jair or Adrian Amos or, you know, throw a name out there, they've all regressed. Like yep. even, even Jair, who I love, and I think is one of the best of the best. He is not having a, he is not having a good year. You know, nope. you, you can look at individual plays and still see his brilliance. But man, you talk about needing to play as a cohesive unit and you got to be part of that unit. There's there's way too much freelancing at times. There's way too much getting caught out of position. There's a lack of physicality, um, which is surprising from Jair, who we've seen over the years. And hell, it started the year as a physical presence there in the secondary, but that has waned as well. It just feels like there's a lot of guys mailing it in. And 
like there's a perfect for me a crystallization for this defense like all of the disparate parts that are problematic in causing them to have issues kind of coalesced in one play at the end of the towards the end of the first half the eagles are driving in their final kind of the final drive of the half the one that does end in a touchdown they get put into a third and 14 and the packers get them right i mean that is exactly where you want to be as a defensive play caller and not only does Barry call a very, I'm not even going to say soft, but just a reactionary, like keep it all in front of you type defensive call, right? But then the guys somewhat rally to the ball carrier on the completion and they get him down just before, like it's it's now going to be fourth and one. And you see like Walker and, and Rasul and everyone's like clapping and putting up fourth okay. down. And it's like, you realize you just played into their hands. This is exactly what they, they got want. exactly what they wanted because now it's fourth and one and they're going to go for it because they know for the most part, they've walked all over you in the running game all game long and they're going to pick up this yard, which they do. And that drive ends in a touchdown. To me, that third and 14 is the crystallization of every issue with the Green Bay Packers defense. I you said it perfectly. I couldn't say it better myself. That is, uh, that is, it, it's exactly what, like you said, what Philadelphia wanted on that play, and to see, to see the the celebration on that play, it blew like my said, mind. You know, you know they're going to go for it. Like it blew my mind. Yeah, it blew my mind. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a great, it's a great example. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We've uh, okay. We've 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 battered that that straw man enough. Um, it's really not a straw man, but let's talk about the offense, and we're gonna have to talk about it. I mean, we try to like keep it football here, but clearly one of the big components of football is the quarterback position. And you look at the performance from Jordan Love yesterday when he had to go in for an injured Aaron Rodgers. I know Matt Lafleur has already spoken today and said that if Aaron is good, healthy enough, he will be going and starting in Chicago on Sunday, man, I get the idea of Aaron wants to be out there and if he's healthy enough and, you know, they're still mathematically alive, like he wants to play. I get all that and I appreciate it. And I appreciate that he wants to be out there and I appreciate everything he's already gone through this season to be out there. But man, Jordan Love should be starting this game on Sunday. I think that's true. I'm hopeful that this kind of just works out organically. And I know right. it, it's probably not as soon as we that's the old like, Ted Thompson maybe. model, right? But well, sometimes um, it just works out that way. Well, yeah. Okay. That's yeah, exactly, you mean right? injuries. But, All right. Good. I think, I think what probably happens is they, they play Rogers one more game, assuming the scans come back. Okay. Right. He plays against the bears. By the time they come back from the bye, green Bay almost assuredly will be mathematically eliminated at that point. Rogers already made mention last night of basically saying he'd, you know, what be open to conversations or different scenarios in that situation. It just seems like at that point, Rogers probably gets his one more. I, you know, I still own you moment in Chicago right. gets that win on the season. And then they're mathematically eliminated. Love takes over for the rest of the season. You don't have drama between the Packers having to ask Rogers to sit down mm-hmm. and hopefully everything just works itself out. But I, I don't disagree with you. You have, you've got a 2% chance if Rodgers isn't going to play this year, 
well, then even more or next year, even more reason that you want Jordan Love to play. If he is going to play next year, certainly no reason to have your quarterback next year playing with a broken thumb and broken ribs uh, for this season what? and I know. potentially having something even worse happen. Um, so either way, it doesn't make a ton of good business sense. But I also get if you're mathematically alive, trying to stay alive, whatever, it's it's a, it's a fool's hope, but whatever. I get that that's what coaches are going to do. What leaders are going to do is they're going to keep fighting for it. So uh, so be it. But that that it just seems like that would be the obvious scenario moving forward. One more game with Rodgers, bye week, move to love after that. What's frustrating too is that with the 10 days of rest after the Titans game, it really looked like Aaron felt better. It yeah. really looked like he was firing. Now, you know, the interceptions, especially the first one, like obviously you can't have it. You got you got to ball his life and you got to be careful with the football. But man, like that touchdown to Cobb, and the touchdown to Jones, I mean, there are a number of other throws. It's like, it's, oh my God, there he is almost, you know? And then yeah. he suffers the rib injury and we're back to square one, unfortunately. But it was tantalizing, I have to say, watching Jordan Love operate. And I understand that Philadelphia is playing a certain style of defense there. You know, they're certainly trying to keep everything in front of them, although they did take advantage of a one high look on that yeah. touchdown to Watson. But man, kid looked good. Especially what's funny is I think his best throw of the night was an incompletion to Jones. Yeah. You know, that the, in the cover two hole there on the right sideline, I think it got up on Jones too. So quick. I think Jones was caught by surprise because that's a, that's a heater that he gets there and he fits in right where it needs to be. I'm telling you, I've, I was impressed and you, everybody knows I'm pulling for Jordan love. There's zero. I mean, obviously, but I was surprised. Like he looked damn good. He looked in control and looked like he had, every bit of you know the feel and the look and everything he needed to at the line of scrimmage as far as what he was seeing pre and post snap and then making the throws kid look good yeah small sample size right but if in that small sample size you can't ask for much more in that situation he's coming into the game with a game like kind of in the balance right it's a it's a two score game two score you, game? You, you have the ball you you you're you're in it and um, you're clearly going to throw the ball. I think they ran on his very first play and then threw and then every after play that, after it was that. all throws, yep. And then, you know, the, the, the Eagles kind of know what's coming. Like you said, they, they're playing a specific brand of defense for the most part. Uh, but overall, I mean, sometimes it's really nice just to see, get snap, go through your progressions, marry your footwork with said progressions, see open receiver, rip ball, complete the pass, let weapons do the heavy lifting, move the chains and get, I know, move away the chain, you go. Right? Yeah. And, and let, let 100%. Christian Watson use his four two forty speed to just, you know, make other fast humans look slow <laughs> on the play. But right. like, it was just, it was really awesome to see him just kind of get the ball, go through his progressions, have great footwork on the play, rip the ball, move on to the next play. And again, a couple of the role or the first rollout pass probably would like to have back probably either maybe hit Lazard short or probably yep. just throw a better ball to Watson in the back of the end zone, a couple things here and there, but man, in that situation against a really good defense where you, you have to throw the ball, the team knows you have to throw the ball and you come in and you, like you said, that the ball to Jones down the sideline was amazing cover two beater. And like, I don't know what more you could have possibly asked from in that situation. Now it's, it's going to be, you know, when, once when a defense puts a game plan together for him and, you know, you see him for a whole game and, you know, multiple games back to back, that's when we're going to get a really good feel. But, you know, he had what, like 10, 11 snaps or whatever it was. And I don't know that he could have played that a whole heck of a lot better than he did. You know, who could have played it a whole lot better throughout the entirety of that game was Josh Myers. I mean, that's a kid who I thought, all right, 
I get that he has maybe played a full season now, like given his injury last year. And I, I, you know, definitely saw some ups and downs, but you know, it was funny because I was talking to a former Packer like two weeks ago and he was asking about Myers and he was saying like, is he getting better? I can't even tell. And I said, you know, he's, I'm not even going to say he's plateaued because I don't know where he's been as far as like I said, his development and he's still so young, but man, that was a, like a like another perfect example of everything that's wrong with his game last night. Uh, and it's frustrating because you see the rest of the offensive line playing pretty damn well. Yeah. But when you're allowing instant pressure on your quarterback, like he does in that opening drive um, later on, almost the same thing happens where they just let a free rusher come up the middle. And Myers is clearly apparently the one who's late and or off on the, as far as whatever the call was protection was. Mm-hmm. It's just like, shouldn't he be past this at this point? Because it does feel like this is becoming a bit of an alarming pattern. You you would think so, and I would, and I've said over the last few weeks to me, and there's a, there's a lot of these players on the roster. To me, he's the most frustrating player on the roster right now, and the reason I say that is because, and as you know, like you could take five to ten Josh Myers cut ups from a game, and right. man, he would look as good as any like an center in the league. It would look so yep. freaking good. And I could give you another 10 plays and you'd be like, man, give me like awful Green Bay Jeff Saturday back. (laughs) That's where we're at with it right now. So like, and and you just can't have that level of inconsistency, right? Like I would almost just rather have a like kind of mediocre to sometimes bad player like here. Lucas Patrick comes to mind. I'm sorry, say that again. Lucas Patrick comes exactly to right. You know, you knew what you were getting on almost every play from Lucas Patrick. Wasn't sexy, but it was consistent. Like the Meyer stuff is like, man, he might pancake a guy into oblivion or drive a guy, you know, 10 yards down the field, or he literally might just be like not even playing on the play and get beat within a millisecond. And you just don't ever know what it's going to be. And we saw that on a couple of occasions in this game. And the same thing on the positive side is like, right. if anyone wants to make a really good argument for like, wow, look at Josh Myers, he's really good. You can easily do that. If you want to make an argument, wow, Josh Myers really bad. You can easily do that too. I, I kind of wonder, um, if a move to guard wouldn't, you know, at least be worth a shot. It, and I'm not saying necessarily this season, you probably just right. wait till the off season, but I almost wonder if he's just kind of thinking too much or like, there's so much going on with Rogers making checks and calls and like him snapping the ball. And like, by the time he just like gets out of his head and like has to go block somebody, his, his mind's like all over the place. I almost wonder if like, you know, do you consider again, if, if Jenkins is back next year, do you consider maybe putting Jenkins at center and moving a Myers to guard just to let him play football rather than have to go through this entirety of like all the checks at the line and everything else. But um, man, I'm at the point where I think they, they've got to try something at this point. Yeah. It's, I mean, last night I thought for the first time it was really glaring. Like there's been plenty of weeks where you can look at, like you're talking about the highs and lows, but man, the, the last night it cost them in a way it hadn't yet. And yeah. that's that, like I said, it's, it's a bit alarming. Um, can't get out of here without talking about the special teams. So you're, you want to sit there, Andy Herman, and tell me that Keyshawn Nixon has been sitting there the whole fucking year. And they've been trotting out Amari Rogers on purpose. The, uh, the worst thing that there's, there's nothing that gets me more frustrated than a team not knowing their own talent. Like there, that to me is like, and you could talk about a Micah Hyde or a Casey Hayward or certain things like that. But like right. when you've got a guy on your roster that is so clearly 
better than another dynamic. guy put out dynamic there for the, with the ball in his hand. Exactly. Like that, that's inexcusable. Like you, you had Amari Rogers and Keyshawn Nixon, all OTAs, all mini camps, all training camp throughout the season, practice, all of it. And you couldn't figure out that Keyshawn Nixon is the better returner than Amari Rogers, who a could not catch the ball. I mean, he could not get North and South C could not make people miss and <sighs> D fumbled constantly. You couldn't figure out Other that this that. guy was better than that guy. That is one of the most egregious things of this entire season. Hey, speaking of uh training camp, how right were we about Sammy Watkins? Oh my God. Right. I just wanted, I thought of that the other day because like, I remember we kind of, you, you even couched it when you tweeted about it. Cause we had a conversation on the sideline about like, man, this guy has not done anything all summer. And you did like, you put it in the correct light as far as like, you know, something to monitor, like not that, like, it's not a big deal. It's not a hot take, but it's like, man, Sammy Watkins has been really pedestrian and people got all upset and blah, blah, blah. And man, we were right. He has been nothing but pedestrian. And I hope when Romeo Dobbs gets back from this high ankle sprain that we never see Sammy Watkins on the field again because he is just non-existent to this Packers team. Sammy Watkins, four snaps in this game. Sammy Watkins, four too many snaps in this game. Um, Way too many. Way too many. So I think Samari Toure played two. Sammy Watkins played four. Let's turn that into Samari Toure six because there's no reason (laughs) for that not to be the case moving forward. 100%. Well, Andy, you know I appreciate it every Monday after the game. Win or lose, we are here to talk some football. I really appreciate it. Make sure you check out Andy's work at Pack-A-Day Podcast and Packer Report and his Twitter feed, and everywhere else he's talking about the Packers because what he does, he does his YouTube channel is thebomb.com. Andy, man, I really, really appreciate it, bud. Appreciate you as well. Have a good one, man. 